tuning in. My name is Tynan Vincent. My name is Garrett Spring. And this is a podcast done on teaching and coaching. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, the similarities, some of the differences, and how they kind of work and coincide with one another. Uh, Garrett, do you want to give me just a brief kind of overview of your coaching history and your experience in coaching? Oh, absolutely. Um, what's weird for me, actually, is my coaching started as a student, or like I was coaching the kids like the same age as me, um, and part of that was not making good choices, and um, I guess just like being stuck <laughs> like within myself. Um, so coaching, actually, like I don't know why I got into it. Um, I emailed um, one who was now my mentor, Ernie, about coaching when I was, I think I was 14. Um, and then my mom and ended up driving me there after a little altercation at school. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know my mom's reasoning behind it necessarily, but that's kind of how I got started. Um, but so, I just, so it was kind of something that like wasn't necessarily planned, but it just kind of like came to be, kind of fell yeah. in your lap. So oh, I, I mean, like I can, if I think back, I have like moments like my neighbor Manny. I taught him how to play basketball before I coached, and then. Uh, there's, I have a friend, Neil, who I actually went in like special ed classes with and we helped each other read like a lot. And so like, there's like these little moments I have of like, okay, like I like to help people and it's not something that I just like think about, but it's just something that I do. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so, but it, it turned out to be something to help myself. So I ended up doing clinics and just started out very small and just working with Ernie. Um, and then it got a little bit bigger. Like our clinics started getting bigger. So we started to have kids i started getting a little bit older and I was right. Like, right i was like wow this is nice started doing rec teams and then next thing you know i was coaching high school like right after i graduated i was coaching the jvc team which was an experience um but i guess like the overall history of it's interesting because the more that i think about coaching now it, i don't know it just all just makes sense sure so i used it to help other people but really it was an escape for me to mm -hmm. like you know, I guess I maybe I guess I just discovered that that was who I am. Yeah, that's who I wanted to be. Absolutely. Um, and so I guess the high school really took off, and it just kind of brought you to where you're yeah. at now. I mean, honestly, I haven't done it for the last couple of years. But you're looking um, to get back in. I'm going to get back. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a part of who I am. It's yeah. not just like oh, right. like, but it had to get pushed aside so I can finish up some school and stuff. Sure. Well, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, my background uh, was a little bit different. Um, I grew up um, in a coaching household. Um, my dad, uh, for the first 22 years of my life, um, was a head coach. That's what I knew him as. Um, I spent a lot of my youth uh, running around locker rooms, practices, mm -hmm. coaches, meetings, huddles, sticking my nose probably where it didn't belong half the time, um, and then kind of went into um, high school. About the same time you're talking, I'm thinking around that time I started um, just doing individual um, kind of personalized training. Um, my game was football. Um, so I, I did a lot of quarterback clinics, a lot of uh, quarterback work um, with younger kids. And we actually kind of uh, would sell <laughs> sessions of them to at the booster club auction was to raise money for my high school football team was um, you can purchase, you know, a set of quarterback training lessons, so to speak, uh, with myself. And uh, we would just kind of sell them off and get them going. But then that's where I kind of realized, uh, you know what, I think uh, I've seen pops do this. And this is something now that I want to kind of get right. into. Um, I graduated um, and the extent of my football playing days ended in high school. I was not the biggest 
guy around. Um, I'm still not. Uh, but the thing was, um, I still had like kind of a passion for the game and I knew that it was something I wanted to do. Um, so when I was in junior college in, uh, let's see, 2017, um, I was living in Leavenworth, Washington while attending Wenatchee Valley College. And I reached out to probably almost every high school in the area that was somewhat within a relative driving distance um, to see if they needed any volunteer assistant, any help. Um, and I actually um, got uh, in connection with uh, the coach at Cascade High School in Leavenworth. His name was Don Coffin. And um, he was uh, currently the head coach and the principal um, was the AD. And uh, so basically how it worked was um, I got hired as a volunteer assistant to coach quarterbacks and then uh, defensive backs and then kind of help with um, offensive play calling um, and offensive quality control. And then about two weeks into the season, we were one and one and our AD had become the principal. Our head coach stepped into the AD role and they just called one day and said, we're interviewing all the coaches. We're just going to figure out who the head guy is going to be. And I thought they were kidding. Because so how does that make you? Were you well, at that time, I was 21. Right. So are you? And I was barely two and a half, three years older than the seniors that were on this varsity football team. And so I went in, and, and as they requested an interview, um, and I found out it was about uh, 2.30-something. Um, they said, you got the job, and practice is yours today. It's your team now. So we just kind of went out and I went from there. This was to you. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, so yeah, so I, life, life uh, came at me kind of fast, and it was kind of like, you know, snap, grow up moment, like wake up, here you go, here's a team, here's something you are super liable and responsible for. Um, but it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And then I went from uh, Cascade, and I just went, uh, I, I transferred after getting my AA. Um, I left the program and came to Washington State University, where um, – I was able to be fortunate enough to get into, um, if you recall at the time, uh, Coach Mike Leach, when he was our head football coach, he was do, he was co-teaching a seminar class called uh, Leadership Lessons. Did you get into that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's leadership Lessons in Insurgent Warfare. We're going to talk about that later. Yeah. I don't know how you got into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was a process. Um, but uh, long and short, I got in. Um, and me and a partner that I had uh, got in the class, we were responsible for a project. And we excelled in that project to a point where uh, Coach Leach and Senator Baumgartner kind of approached us and then asked, um, is this something, is this a road we're looking to go down in, you know, um, things like counterinsurgency, history, um, coaching? And, uh, of course, the answer was a resounding yes. Um, and so at that point, um, Coach Leach had hired me as an understudy, kind of a grad assistant, but not the luxuries of a grad assistant. So not being paid too much, but still kind of have all the duties of watching film and whatnot. So th that would be, um, and then this last this last fall during our September observations um, and this last football season, I've been uh, coaching quarterbacks um, and assisting with offensive quality control at Glacier Peak High School in Snohomish because I um, got some time over there and uh, would do that during our kind of our September observation. So that's kind of our, our, our history there, um, so to speak. Um, I got a question for you, Garrett. Go for it. So now that you've gotten to coach a little bit, you've gotten to teach a little bit with this program that we're kind of running our course on, what is the biggest connection between coaching and teaching that you recognize? I mean, there's a lot of connections, <laughs> yeah. obviously. 
Um, I would say the biggest one, I mean, I don't say it's not the biggest, but like it's big for me in that we both focus on obviously like the development of, of people, of kids, <laughs> yep. of students, athletes, Young whatever people. you would like to call them. Sure. Um, but that's to me is like the biggest thing is one, we want as teachers, we want them to view the world differently and in like obviously positive ways. Like how do they view the outside world? And, you know, improving them as individuals. But I love coaching and teaching because they're both about life. And they're both, they, I love them both because they are connected and learning sure. is connected. And it's just an opportunity, one, to, to share. So I, I talk about this a lot. Just we can share things. We can share with each other. We can share knowledge. We can share stories. Um, but the connections you make in sports, um, whether it's football, basketball, women's sports, men's sports, is absolutely incredible. And just to be a part of those interactions and like, just give people, whether they're kids or adults, opportunities to interact and to grow with each other is magical. So, so kind of like what I'm hearing from you, if I can, if I could quickly summarize it, is kind of like sports and the classroom when you're working in those ages are kind of microcosms of life because there's so many life lessons that you can take from your sport or from a class per se, where you're working with multiple people, um, sometimes in which maybe you don't necessarily agree with those people all, at all times, but you learn how to be civil, come together, and work as a team right. is, is kind of what you're getting at there. Yeah, absolutely, because it's also just like view how I view the world as a whole too, which might sound kind of weird, but like I view, not the sports, but I view musicians almost they're very similar to athletes sure. and how they work with other people, how they communicate with other people, what they're preparing for is entertainment or competition sure. and it's passionate. So just viewing that as a whole, that everybody has some kind of connection and then understanding that the habits like, like personal responsibilities too. It's like the personal responsibilities that we see in sports. That's what I mean by personal responsibilities is like what we're in charge of showing up on time, doing our work, um, being positive. And all that stuff, attitude, energy, everything I talk about. And then vice versa. So if you have, if we can teach, you know, like if students can show positive energy, if they can show work ethic, if they can show habits in the classroom, I guarantee it, they can do it in a sport or vice versa, you know, however they want to use it. Our habits and our responsibilities and are connected, whether it's sports, music, art. And I think that, so I ran away from the question, but that's what one of the biggest things is, is that I'm I, I had this feeling of connection when I was coaching and I coached first and I got to meet the teaching and just being in charge of a little bit more in charge of interactions yeah. and opportunities really just solidified that feeling. Yeah. You really felt this connection yeah, between the two. Like, it's like, it's like, this is, I'm glad that there's connection because I can take something over um, and like feel, still feel comfortable in my own skin. Like as a, Coaches are still teachers. I was just saying, and I I feel like a lot of times, you know, growing up, uh, a lot of your teachers are coaches. Are coaches, and right? So, absolutely. Um, Do you? I think it's interesting though, because like we we both started coaching first. I mean, maybe not for you. Like, that's just kind of how it works. I don't know when you started thinking about being an educator, but how how do you think coaching first shaped who you are? 
as a teacher or how, I guess like how does how does your personality as a coach transfer over into a classroom like do you like so, do you see like your coaching personality yes, like yes. I think yeah so there are times where um, because of the order in which it went for me uh, I find myself coaching in the classroom mm-hmm. where I'm like okay maybe I need to dial this back a little right. bit and understand right. I'm in a classroom setting uh, but at the same time, I was pleasantly surprised to see how some of those um, techniques and the ways I communicate with students and kind of, um, you know, you list goals out or you, you know, you, you verbally give them a plan, uh, a plan of action, so to speak, how much that uh, young people, whether they are athletes in your classroom or aren't, kind of latch on to that. Um, that's one thing. Um, I think that... Uh, being a coach first, uh, 100% um, has made me a more resilient person and dealing with adversity um, because, you know, even though it is just a game um, that you're after, um, you have a lot of stake in that. You care about it a lot. There's a lot of you invested in yeah, it. it was so, absolutely. So, um, you know, uh, at least in the game of football, what I can speak to, um, but as in any sport, there are going to be times um, in which you are in an unfavorable and uncomfortable position. Um, and when you're becoming a teacher as young as we are and as, as fresh as we are, like in the profession right now, it almost feels like you're you're uncomfortable all the time. You feel like you're always down in that ballgame. You always feel like you're, you're – but those coaching skills of how can I work my way out – how am I going to adapt to this? How am I going to improvise, overcome, and eventually, right, win the game or succeed in delivering the content and making sure that my students retain it? And that's right. kind of what I, I see it as if I'm going to make that connection right, between the two. For me, it was like it was a confidence thing because, like, I'm not, I'm not confident in the classroom still. Like, I've done it for five weeks, but I'm not, like you said, like, I don't know, like, all the little things still matter. How to get a coffee machine, where to go, like, right. you know, are you assessing students? You know, now that we're constantly adding more, Correct. you know, and so like for me, coaching was like, it was obviously I get repped it out so much that there are certain aspects like classroom management to me is I don't get nervous about it almost at all. Right, and I've had a students 130 kids in a gym. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so like there are like the little things um, too, but. Um, I also want to talk about the, that's like toy switch topics, but I also want to talk about how you how you thought of how you think of players. So like I guess my thinking of this too is like, um, and I've talked a little bit on some in our classroom assessment is like when I started coaching originally, it's kind of like now it's like I don't know what to think, and I, and it's like my focus is on my practice planning, it's not on my players, and I feel like that was like when I reflect on my coaching, like that was so much. Obviously, I'm thinking about my players and that connection, but I guess my question for you is. How do you view your players differently as, like, you know, players compared to who they are as students? Um, maybe this could be like your preparation. Yeah. It could be like how you assess. Um, but it's I don't know. It's very interesting to me because like I think a lot of people, not to generalize, but like, oh, you're a coach. Like, it should be easy that you can work with students. So I'm like, it's a totally different. It, it is different. It's a totally it's, different job. Yeah, it's, like, it's, the way that your brain has to work. Yeah, it's it's. It's this wonderful balance because um, as I look at my players and my students, and some of them are 
in the middle. They fit that Venn diagram. They are a player and a student. Um, the biggest thing I've learned from, um, from going from coaching and now to becoming an educator and continuing to coach is that um, not every kid learns the same. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, there's certain ways. Um, I think long are the days where you coached every kid the same way. And long are the days where you taught every kid the same way. They're, you're, you're learning all these things now about how this kid, you know, Johnny responds one way, but Jimmy responds completely different to that same coaching. So where can I adjust, right? I think that's the true measure of how um, effective you can be and successful you can be is, um, you know, yes, you have team values and there's things that you will not budge on. Um, and nor should you, right? There's there's classroom norms and things that you should not budge on. But at the same time, if you are going to be effective, I think that there has to be a bit of, a little bit of leeway and meet those kids in the middle because that also shows them that you're willing to work with them. And then they, it really drives home the fact that you are there for them, for their best interest, to make them the best they can be. And that can be in sports, that can be in the classroom. And, right. Because for me, like... For me, sports was a, was a getaway. Like I needed, I needed sports. You sure. Know? But yeah. like I didn't like playing because of how I was treated by my coach. I just, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm a sensitive. I just couldn't do it. You know, I could right. do it sometimes, but I couldn't do it all the time. And like that's also what I thought about was coaching too. Was like we all did the same thing. Right. Like, we're all doing sprints to get conditioning. Could this kid possibly do you know benefit from some other kind of conditioning? Who knows? Like, but right. it's like. I guess that's my point. Is like when I it's a very similar thought. Of like it is a new concept. When I was coaching, it was like we're all teams. We're all going to be. And it, it, but it all was the same concept. Like if I'm if one kid makes a mistake, quote unquote, or whatever, I'm going to address the whole team and every you know. And I don't, I preach like everyone on the team can learn from this yeah. one, you know. And yeah, but you're also addressing everyone in the same yeah. way. No, that's a fantastic segue to this question. You're kind of getting to that right where I'm going here. Was one of my questions was why are team sports so relatable to the classroom? Why do you think that the the the, the team sports, a group of individuals coming together, why do you think that that is that's a really, so relatable? That's a really interesting question. I, well, so one of it is it's like this might be weird, but it's one is just how we're socially structured. I mean, just scientifically being social beings that's one thing but it's just how we interact with each other like there's a constant it's it's a community like we, we the goal for me is to support all communities possible i have a lot of kids in my class who skate and they dress a certain way and they all wear dc shoes and they have they do graffiti in class and they all talk to each other right. <laughs> like within class and it's like but they come back and you realize that it's hard to just, I mean, this is just, I'm just thinking like it's a group. One, it's just hard to live without groups. But when you get into that team, that team atmosphere, I think one, people realize what is possible, but two, just how good those connections feel of working towards something. Yeah, absolutely. And our, I think one problem with education now is like we compare each other instead of just like, you know, hey, this is what we're trying to, you're, you know, you're this, you have this test score and you have that test score, but it's not what, it, you know, we all want to come in and I've never met a student, I guess my point is I've never met a student who doesn't want to get a good grade or doesn't want to be successful. Right. And whether you like it or not, you can't do that on your own and subconsciously or not, they're going to pick up on that. And 
I think that is one of the main things because when you get into that team atmosphere and you start to talk and start to relate and you do bring in people from different communities and different backgrounds, that's what you're going to get in a classroom. People with different personalities, different different work ethics, different ideal, and then you start to, you know, there's patterns and you start to follow specific people. Um, that's actually, I've never, ever thought of that. No, I, I, I love that answer and I and I love, like, I, I love the idea kind of what you're talking about there about how... Um, you have all these people from all different backgrounds and all different cultures and everything else. And when you put them together, right, you're all working towards a common goal, right? Whatever that goal may be. And so, you know, uh, in order for it to work, right, you know, to, to score the amount of points you want in a basketball game, all five um, individuals on the floor have to be on the same page, the same time, right? To score a touchdown in a football game, all 11 guys have to do their job. It can't be 10, right? It can't be nine. It has to be all 11. And so I think that that's really true that you can, you can um, create that team environment in your classroom um, so much as that the, the students are willing to participate. And that can be hard, but I do like the idea of collecting a bunch of different individuals and having a common goal that they can all agree on and, and make it happen and work together. Right, and it's, I mean, the other, you also do it this way, too, like, when you view sports, like, like this is a, it might be a weird example, but it's, I mean, this, it's hard to get kids to go to practice, right? Like, why? Well, we, it's not we, fun, right? Like, we love, we love football, right? So we're all there, or we love basketball, we love skate, whatever it is, and we're all there for that love, but then we realize that is not, like, but no. that's why, that's the love of it, though, and is, is teaching kids that like there's going to be adversity like you said like that's just what you're going to face but getting them to feel and that's like what i had is like there's a feeling of working with others to do something um and you know you have it whether it's class or football football is that big subtopic but there's going to be their own little goals that they have and whether it's your running back or wide receiver or whatever um so it's 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 a lot <laughs> to yeah. think about because it's like oh there's so many different things sure. but there's some people who don't like team oh, atmospheres no. you know and there are some people who who thrive in that but I think we all thrive in being connected and putting our minds like that's the, you know like being innovative <laughs> Social. yeah like um, so yeah I don't know I think that's where I'm at um, I kind of wanted to talk about kind of like a little bit about that in how do you like how do you how do you view a classroom as a team like and, yeah. and, and how do you how do you how do you work around like if you if you view a classroom as a team uh, how do you yeah. go practice like yeah do you try to connect those things for students or oh sure absolutely um I think that my students know, um, they, they know right off the bat I'm a coach, right. um, and they know it because of the way that um, I do love to think that um, my classroom is a team. Um, I'm not, uh, I, I am uh, not amiss to say that um, at least twice a week, um, I say, hey, remember we're a team here. We're working together. Uh, we have a goal. We have things that we're trying to do and we're trying to accomplish um, as, a, as a one cohesive unit. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, I, th 
I, I think that um, just being able to um, assist students in a team kind of group atmosphere too um, is good for them because they're not alone. Right. The, you know, the hardest thing is, is yes, everybody in the class has an individual grade. But if we can supply the students with group slash team uh, like activities, um, they just they don't feel alone. And I think kids now more than ever, you know, you are you're going to have kids who thrive in that individual setting, like you mentioned. Um, but I think for a lot of kids, um, you know, some of the basic things, right, the, the sense of belonging, um, the need to be social and stuff like that can um, be brought into your classroom to make it successful and to work towards that success of whatever the goal is. Hey, we want to have um, a mastery understanding of this by the end of the unit. How are we going to get there, right? And you could even, um, at the start of your unit, maybe put up like you would on the whiteboard before a game, the goals, right? Right. But you could yeah. do that in your classroom on a, on a, on a sticky note on an art easel, right? The right. big poster boards, right? Here's our goals that we want to accomplish. And then how are we going to get there and what – what is my individual effort going to be? And then what is my, you know, team contribution, I think, is, is key. So those are some areas I would say. Um, I, got, I, I got a question for you. Go for it. How has coaching changed your perception of how students learn or how people learn in general? One of the things that, that – I like to say a lot is like is effort comes in many shapes and sizes and I guess the reason why I guess an effort like originally goes to my mind is like again it goes back to like okay like we, we all put effort towards something like whether it's like something we care about or right um oh god I just totally spaced can you repeat your question for me yeah yeah how has coaching changed your perception of how people Oh yeah, so effort, right? So sorry, I was going back to um, effort. So when I go to practice, and I, I always bring up sprinting. There's a kid who's out in front, and he's he's gone. He's out in front, and he's just killing. He's killing it all year, and you know that he's the fastest kid and most well conditioned, right? And you just know that. And then you know, next thing you know, I got you know, let's say we're at a camp, right? And I got the guys, and you know, there's some girls that are in the back, and they some. And they, in my camps, they get frustrated because they weren't as fast or they weren't keeping up. Right. And I would have some males that too, like, hey, I can't keep up with him. I'm like, okay. Are you giving effort? Well, yeah. Do your lungs hurt? Well, good. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're you're not there yet. Yeah. Or maybe this isn't for you. Or maybe that, you know, you're still progressing. Just because you weren't fast doesn't mean at that not, moment. Right. Does not mean you're not a good athlete. Or most does not mean you mean can't get right, that fast. You're, or you're not a good learner. And so I guess my point is, is that you realize that people think and learn and prepare and they do all of these things completely and totally different. And then you try to bring them in and say, okay, this is how basketball players prepare. Right. Right. This is how a football team, or this is how we should, you know, right. and whether it's like with film or like the mental capacity or like anything like that. But it's so interesting just to see how kids put their shoes on, how they show up to practice. Do they have headphones on? Do they not? 
And all of these little things that they do tell you who they are as learners mm-hmm. and who they are as people. Because who they are as people is who they are as learner and vice versa. Right. And so that's what that's what sports taught me immediately. It was like, like we're, we're either whether it's through effort or through repetition or through practice, we all prepare, we all think, we all reflect, we all feel, we all do those things, but we all do them in very different ways. Right. And as a coach, I think you just naturally pick up on that in some ways. Because if a kid walks in and he's off, yeah. or if any, you know, maybe body language, you, you know, yeah. like you can see it. You're like, oh, okay. And then the other thing that I, my mom told me this too, and this is a quote I keep with me for teaching, is that people, oftentimes the people who are trying the hardest, or struggling the most, are often trying the hardest. And so you never really know who people are as learners. And you never know the outside impacts. So so, so that kid that you were talking about that is in the back of the group in the sprints, yeah. not up front, um, that could be, you know, the kid in your class that is, you know, one kid is just flying through. You ask them to write a five-paragraph essay. They'd yeah. have it done in about ten minutes. Whereas there's a couple other kids that are, man, I need a couple days or a week or maybe even a week and a half to, to do this five-paragraph assignment. And it's not from a standpoint of they're not trying, right? It's just right. they're just different. They right. just prepare differently. They work differently. And I like your analysis of that because you get you'll get you're gonna get situations all the time because students are gonna be on different paces, doing different things, thinking differently. And I do think about coaching a lot, like oh, or my own experience is like because that kid who was in the back, that kid's feeling pain, you know, <laughs> that kid like his lungs hurt. But he's showing resilience. Right. He's still running, and he shows up. This kid who's in front running is easy to him. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, is he better conditioned? But to me, this kid in the back is is way is way more mentally tough. Sure, in certain respects. But right. in, you know, the fact that he's in pain and showing up and then not letting that pain or that you know fear prevent you know him from showing still up. Still That says something about them as a learner. Right. I shouldn't just be like, oh, he's out of shape. That's a poor basketball player. Can't play him. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and I think just, I have one more question and we'll just um, close this out. Okay. Um, it's, it's my favorite. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, we've already gone big. We've already gone big. <laughs> um, so what about coaching um, and teaching keeps you going? Like, it, we understand the challenges of it. We understand the time. Also, just like how long? Yeah, no, there's, 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 there's like, right, like, because when you when you ask, uh, uh, you know, person, what do you do? And then they say, I'm a teacher and a coach, or are you one or the other? And they go, Oh, how's that? Right? And I don't, and I don't know why that is, but I think what what I the reason I do it, or the, the things that that keep me going, that would keep me going in coaching and teaching. Um, first of all. Um, you know the obvious answer, but it is true: is is the kids, right. is the, the students and the athletes, and the stu- you know student athletes, both of them, um, just being a positive influence in their life. Because you know, there's some kids that just they need it. They don't have maybe a figure in their life that they need. You know, um, some of them are you know their uh, mother, father, you know, preacher. I mean, there a lot of things to these kids. Uh, a lot less taker than you know giver. Keeper of secrets, right. you know, one of those things. Your doors are always open. So I think, uh, you know, the kids first. Um, two, I would say is is uh, for coaching is my love for the sport and teaching is the love of the content. content. Yeah. Uh, 
it's the idea that even though I'm not playing anymore and I'm not a student anymore, I can still continue to learn. I can still be researching. I can still collect as much knowledge on, on content right. and um, coaching philosophies, <laughs> right, and things like that that I just, you know, love to uh, – things I love to surround myself and I can't get enough of, right? We could talk this over and over and over. Um, and then I think third for me, um, is this idea, uh, you know, this should come as no surprise, but it's a challenge. There's competition. Um, and if you are, uh, as immersed in, in sports as I am, uh, you love the idea of competition. You love the idea of is this challenge. And so, and I, and I like it, and, and that's for sports, but also in the classroom, relating it back to teaching. Um, I really do welcome the challenges of everyday teaching because I, I love the fact that I know going to my classroom, it is not going to be the same as it was yesterday. And there are no two days in a school that are the same. So that's a challenge, though. In its own, right? Like, you don't know what's going to come flying at you at that point. So, whether it's sports or whether it's in school, I enjoy the challenge of it and the, and the competition that comes with that kind of – and it can be self-competition. How am I going to get better today, right? How am I going to make the school community better than uh, I left it yesterday? Right. It's kind of my idea. That would be my three, my big three. No, I like those big three. The, I mean, the kids, obviously, it's like, yo <laughs> – <laughs> one, I don't like. I just want to be a kid for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> just like the, those. The, the the if you go like really young, like I've done really young, like three, the three or four, like five primary, whatever. Just what they give you is so pure. It's honest, and it's just amazing. And you get to this upper level, and it's like I feel like I'm growing with them. So I'm like with right. me there. Um, loving the sport, the content, absolutely. It's like that. I think I'm just grateful one to like do something I love, but like to know that like I can be challenged if it also grow yeah. for the rest of my life gives me something to do. Yeah. Well, and, and, I like, think, <laughs> and I think like some of like the best teachers and coaches that I've had, you know why they're so successful and why they can reach so many kids is because when kids see that they love the sport or they love their content as a teacher, it automatically, whether they were already loving it, hated it, indifferent, they latch onto it because yeah. they're like, Oh, this, if, if, if this is, this important to, you know, uh, Mr. Spring or Mr. Vincent, then like all of a sudden, like they're like, right. they kind of fall in line and they kind of like latch onto it with you. So. Uh, no, I agree. Um, yeah, your, your big three were good. I, I mean, they're amazing. <laughs> I agree with them. The one that I have, um, I mean, like to go off, I could go on like forever about why, what keeps me going for teaching. But the biggest thing for me is, um, we talked about this, like, Francine, like in our classes, it's just like going to work with people you love. Yeah. It's like, it sounds so cheesy, <laughs> but yeah. it is such an amazing thing. A community. Just to know that, like, either whether, and I, mean, I hope that you have people that you go to work with that you love. Right. But, like, I mean, the students that you have, you care so deeply about, and you spend so much time thinking about them. And that's something that just keeps me, like, it just, everything else that's going on, like, you know, and it takes me out of my own head. Yeah, it like, kind of ceases. It's, it's just like, hey, like, there's something big here, and you're involved in that. And the fact that there's, like, whether it's, like, love with your colleagues or, like, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be, like, love, love. But, like, 
you go in and there's that feeling of love, of accomplishment, of whether it's like empathy and acceptance and just to like have that along with all the challenges and the daily BS that, <laughs> that is life. It gives you, it gives you balance. There is absolutely. And so, yeah, I think I'll be forever grateful that, I mean, like just going back to student teaching, like that's all I, I am I nervous and am I stressed, but like the love of like my mentor and my, my students and my faculty and just the community I'm in yeah. just absolutely overrides all that and makes the anxiety and pressure and stress and right. like all the time totally worth it um and i think that's like also just to like wrap it up like that's a big part of just the teaching philosophy and the coaching philosophy Absolutely. is just loving finding something that you love and if, if there's a kid on my team i've had kids on my team say hey coach i don't want to play basketball anymore i want to play you know i want to do rowing i like leg i want to do this and the fact that they went through a sport to figure out and reveal something about themselves um, still makes it worth it. That's, that's the goal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, anyways, I appreciate you sharing no, absolutely. everything with me because, you know, we haven't Here's had well. a lot of conversations before about this. Um, and then I think when we, when I, when you go back into a coaching setting, we're really talking about like, you're so focused on right. <laughs> right. What, yeah. you're, what you're doing. Absolutely. Well, that is all the time, if not exceeded time, that we have today. But thank you all for listening, and we will catch you guys next time.